0: Ahoy, it's Nerdist Podcast number 333. I'm standing in a hotel room in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Just left Austin a couple days ago, south by southwest, and uh, 75 degrees in Austin, and now 34 degrees in Grand Rapids, Michigan. The sky is gray. It looks like we're crammed into the bottom of a box of cotton balls, just these little fluffy, pillowy clouds uh, just hanging over. It's just there's just a ceiling of white. I don't understand cold weather. I'm not a fan of it. I lived in California too long. But enough about me. Um, okay, one more thing about me. When I was a kid, unrelated, unrelated story. When I was a kid, I built a bonfire in our driveway because I thought that Bigfoot was gonna fall out of the sky and I wanted him to land on it. I don't know how that made sense to me at the time. Did I think that it would? It was the fire was going to catch him and then immediately incinerate him or that he was somehow uh, Immune to fire and that it would just catch him was I trying to kill him or was I trying to save him? I feel like I've had that struggle my entire life with myself Uh, Now you tell me something about you Uh
1: Uh-huh, uh-huh You're weird
0: Hey, I'd like to thank uh, Squarespace.com for sponsoring this episode of the Nervous Podcast. Nervous... Po- <laughs> it, it is the Nervous Podcast. <laughs> I am an idiot. <laughs> it really is the subtext of the podcast a lot of the time. But today we're calling it the Nerdist Podcast. Uh, Squarespace.com, which if you want to start a website, if you want to start a blog, is a platform that will make that super easy. Uh, and now there is an online store component, so you can start selling stuff immediately. You could sell uh, MP3s, products, uh, digital stuff, um, hardcover books, ebooks, whatever you want. There's fast merchant account setup. You can accept payments right away: credit card, debit cards. And uh, they make it super, super easy, and they have a bunch of packages uh, set up to fit whatever financial needs you may have. And it's just an easy, easy platform to use. They really... Make every—they just basically hand you everything on a platter. Better social media integration. It's incredibly well designed. You can pick from templates. Literally any experience level you are uh, with with building websites, then they can uh, they can totally take care of you. So there's a free trial right now. Go to squarespace.com/nerdist. You sign up for a free account, no credit card needed. You just build your damn website. The offer code is going to be nerdist3, which is different than the other ones. They change it all the time, huh? You're going to get 10% off your first purchase on new accounts. Um, That includes monthly and annual plans. And don't forget about free domain registration. So, squarespace.com slash nerdist. Use the offer code nerdist3. Everything you need to create an exceptional website. Yes, I should do more radio voiceover. This episode of the podcast is Patrick Warburton, a guy that I sort of worked with years ago. We worked on a cartoon together, but we never recorded together, so... I actually uh, didn't meet him for the first time until about six months ago at a thrilling adventure hour. And uh, what a nice guy! So, uh, Patrick Warburton, we found out, huge Pearl Jam fan, huge Pearl Jam fan, uh, but all in all a good dude, and it was fun hanging out with him. So here you go, the Nerdist Podcast, episode number 333, with Patrick Warburton. Oh my god,
3: Bigfoot! Now entering Nerdist.com
2: Yeah, you can reserve. Could, could you could,
0: it's all awesome now while we're just sitting here talking about what might happen, but but you don't know once it starts. And now we've started. Now we started. That's it. We're on. That's it.
2: And we That's ran it. out of stuff. We ran out of chit-chat.
0: Oh, my God. We had such great chit-chat before the recording mm. went on. good patter. On. No, it's good it's, patter. Screeching halt. Shit.
1: Let me make sure my phone's off.
0: Let me ask you, is it good to start a, a, any kind of a
1: show at a Screeching Halt, or is it better to... Yeah, sure, because you can only cr- increase momentum.
2: Okay, there. yeah. There's the only momentum
1: a- that has not yet
2: begun... We'll, we'll increase from that. That's really beautiful, Patrick. Yeah. The best plans are the ones you haven't fucked up yet. <laughs> but know that you will fuck all of them up. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: Patrick Warburton is someone that I've wanted to get on the podcast for a long time. Now you are sitting here
1: before me in our squatted podcast studio. Um, Around the the largest uh, amoeba-shaped table I've ever seen in my life.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't, uh, I don't really know, because this is a radio station, or it was a radio facility at some point. So I guess maybe you just got to have a lot of separation with radio between me at the control panel and you, the guest. He's the guest.
1: It's magnificent. This is one of those tables that brand new, you know, somebody spent eight thousand dollars <laughs> but in a, in a garage sale you would get thirty dollars for it, yeah. it was gonna be like, where would we put that yeah, I and mean, all the holes
2: is... can we
0: fill up these yes. holes here well what i'm going to do is i'm going to drop like a viking range into where the soundboard was and mm-hmm. we're just going to make this like our own personal hot dog counter <laughs> <laughs> i'm kind of i'm kind of going through that right now with my house like my the house is being there we're doing stuff to the house and you get all these really big plans. Yeah. Like oh, we could do this, it'd be really awesome and then they tell you how much everything costs and you're like, uh, "Why don't we why don't we just put a door there? Yeah,
2: we'll just go to IKEA. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, <laughs> make the, we'll make this we'll make the game room. We'll, the game room. <laughs> we'll make we'll make this the empty boring room without a door. Do
0: yeah. you do you uh, are you a homeowner? Yes. How long have you had your house? Hmm. I guess That's
1: we've been in there, there for about 13 12 years now. Oh, really? Yeah, we're in Ventura County. Settled well, in. Yeah, jeez. You're been. in Ventura well, County? I've I've been married for 22 years now. We have four, we got two grown kids. Yep. Yeah. I mean,
0: how's that possible?
1: How could a young, strapping guy like yourself have two grown kids? 2018, 14, and 12. Yeah. Wow. It's awesome, though. It's been great.
2: Because, like, two of them are out.
1: No. (laughs) No, we never, we don't don't want them to leave. (laughs) (laughs) And (laughs) they don't want to leave. It's great. The t- my, my two eldest are both in university, but they both go to universities within 10 and 20 minutes of our home. So they still oh. live at home. Oh, nice. As do all of their friends. So we've created, we created that environment early on. We have, you know, we've got the ping pong and the barbecue out in the back. My man cave, which has been dubbed club ed because uh-huh. of my, my in, insane <laughs> devotion and fascination. And unwavering support of the greatest band in the world. Pearl Jam. Um, <laughs>
2: that's
1: where I go. I get drunk and go out and watch DVDs. But th- th- this is... But well, like Pearl
3: Jam
2: well,
0: concert, concert DVDs? DVDs? Yeah, yeah. After yeah. my wife like, knows where, where that. Where Eddie's like mm-hmm. climbing the rafters and stuff? He doesn't
1: oh, do that yeah, anymore. Yeah, yeah. After one martini, that's it. It's like, listen, mm-hmm. we'd all be having a better time if we're out in the barn watching Pearl Jam DVDs. <laughs> are you, uh,
0: now, let me ask you this. apologize. let's go. Yes, are, yeah. it, are you just... Is it just like regular... Patrick Warburton at home and then one sip and then you're just like even flow (laughs) and then you start climbing the walls in the kitchen
1: yeah it uh I I leave that uh, I leave that for and I leave the karaoke for others too it's not really in my do the kids enjoy Pearl Jam or do they see it as old people music no you know what my my uh, my eldest town, he gets it his three favorite bands in the world are Zeppelin, Pink Floyd, and Pearl Jam, and it's not because uh, I was shoving it down his throat either. You know, um, <laughs> these are these are these are his favorite bands. My my son Shane who's fourteen, you know, his, his is Florence and the Machine. So they're gonna okay. go in whatever, uh, you know, a direction. Uh, you know, you can't force anybody
2: to love a music, no. know, to, or love a style.
0: You're or not anything. trying hard
1: enough.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it is odd though that. You know, like thinking about yeah. when Pearl Jam started, it was probably, you know, like Zeppelin and bands like that were 20 years old. Right. Like, or close to it. And it's just like, it's odd to think that, like, you know, oh, they were, they seemed so old at that point when, you know, all the grunge stuff started happening. But now, if you think it's been the same amount of time for Pearl Jam and you're like, well, they're not old. They're just guys rocking it out. Yeah. They're fine.
1: But, but what's amazing is how, um, you know, other bands from, the, from that time have already become like legacy bands where they just go out and, you know, they're, they're constantly creating, they're constantly, you know, at the forefront and they're, you know, um, you know, filling major venues across the, the, the world. I, I, you know, upset, there's... Uh,
2: there are millions of obsessed Pearl Jam fans,
1: you yeah. know, just there, there are millions of them. And I don't know.
2: Do we, any others in this room? Or you... I it took me a long time. Uh, I liked when 10 came out. You know, I was young and I was like, this is it was part of that wave. And know, it so was I it. it was totally different,
0: too, because, you know, what was what was 10? Like 91, maybe 92, 91, 92. So it was the first sort of. I didn't even know what to make of the music because I hadn't, you know, as a young college student, I hadn't really heard grunge yet in Los Angeles. You know, I'm sure I would have heard it if I lived in Mm -hmm. Seattle. And so all I knew was like, well, there's a couple types of music. There's a hair metal and then there's like Belle Biv DeVoe and Tony, Tony, Tony. And then... (laughs) All of a sudden, this kind of like dirty rock sound, like, what's this? Yeah. What kind of music is this? And they're all like high fiving on the front and they got flannel on. Yeah. It I, was uh, a whole different aesthetic. Well, it was so too. sick
1: when that happened. I mean, it's the most integral thing to happen to rock in in the last four decades. I mean, since the British invasion, what's happened to rock and roll that was in, is integral is the, 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 that movement in Seattle. I mean, they, first off, the, the hair bands just looked silly They killed the hair band. Immediately, <laughs> in, they, 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 almost immediately, yeah. like in a week.
3: In yeah. a yeah. week, they were done. You know, yeah.
1: and so so when you when you talk about the you know the the the, the really important bands and you know there were the there were the bands that were the formative bands you know the Mud Honeys and all that and then you had you know Alice and 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 a Soundgarden and Nirvana and Pearl Jam. I like Screaming Trees too. Yeah, Green these, River. These, they're all awesome, but. You know and and love them all they're all so important to you know to to uh to just to rock and roll and and what they did hasn't been you know trump nobody's come close to that since then and you think about when that happened but Pearl Jam to just to me and I think to many others has always been the band that had the depth and the breadth and the pathos that those other bands didn't have. They a lot of them were really just angst ridden. You know, when you look at the work that Eddie's done, his solo efforts and all the writing and what that band has done over the last two decades, it's just it's am- it's amazing. And yeah. you know, I've I've seen him probably twenty times live, which is nothing. I mean, I know that I know I'm, I know I know the the folks that have been out there and seen him three hundred times live. I could argue that a lot of them haven't seen seen as many Pearl Jam DVDs and got drunk to them as.
3: I,
2: I <laughs> but, Not as know. many of them are dads. <laughs> so. I have a family. Yeah, I'm two
1: I got you know. I'm twenty two years married with four kids. I can't travel and follow them all over the world. But I have friends that do now. I have friends oh, that wow. that you know. That really didn't know much about the band you know ten years ago and have now seen two hundred shows,
2: wow, so yeah. they came in way later then yeah yeah because yeah. that's the thing as I, like you know like I like ten and then like I just kind of as I got into more like punk stuff, I was like, oh, that's just like you know it's not my scene and then um as I kind of got older and you know and started going back and listening to the other albums after ten, I was like, oh, what was I doing yeah. you know like I just I was like this is stuff that's been great the whole time yeah I had no idea,
1: yeah, yeah because it, it was such the the commercial success was so huge early on, and then, you know, but everything that they've done since then is, is, uh, you know, there's just gems all throughout. You know? Yeah, I mean, have you gotten very, to hang out with them? Really, I have. I have a few times. You know, I've gotten to meet Eddie a number of times. He's always been very, very. Uh, uh, you know, kind and uh, he's a sweet guy. He let me write a set list, let me help. help oh, out.
2: wow, yeah. that, that must have been crazy! Now, do it, you have a was, copy
1: of that show so you can be like I did that?
2: Yeah, yeah oh, did yeah, they? Was yeah. that one of the shows they released? It was, uh, yeah, it and was, do you uh, have all of those? Yeah,
1: I have a lot of them, but this was the uh, <laughs> this was the uh, uh, 99 October 7th show at the Gibson. It was uh, the third or fourth, night. I was there every uh, three of the four nights. We were work, working one of the nights, so I missed it, but. Yeah, there were about two hundred people backstage. I didn't think I'd get a chance to, you know, like say hi. I'm with uh, my wife and some friends, and uh, this guy Smitty with the band came up and said, "Hey, Eddie, wants to know if you'll help help him out with the set list."
0: <laughs> what?
3: Yeah,
1: after I picked my job off the ground and went. Ah. <laughs> I, I'm one of those. I'm such so. You know, I. When I, when I met him like for the fourth or fifth time at a special Paramount event, I almost called him Mister Vetter. You ne- you never figure that they they might actually know who you are, your name. You just sure. this is this is who you you know, this is who you stalk, this is who you idolize, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm, I just wanted to let him know how special it was to be there. And he looked like it looked at me like I was a damn fool. He goes Patrick, and he gives me a hug, and my wife's there, and she could see the look in my eyes. I just get stupid around that
2: guy. <laughs> I get
1: absolutely. Do you
0: know you're from Seinfeld?
1: Uh, I'm not sure, maybe that or uh, the the, the tick. tick. I think he might have might have been a fan of I, which I was awesome he, by the way. That was that was a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Good
1: uh, but uh, I mean, you know, he gave me his email to send a, a set list to. Now it's been two. Years. I I don't send them emails. I can't because all I do is get gushy and stupid sure. And gross. I just can't. You can't give your stalker your email. Yeah. So I, I have to be <laughs> cognizant about that and recognize that that's not why I have this. So you don't use it. <laughs> it's, a, it, it's it's
0: written in a glass case in an envelope. Yeah, <laughs> so which you have, yeah. which has two keys that have yeah. to be turned at the yeah. exact same time. I have
1: a, a buddy who's a grip, and he snuck in with me backstage when uh, the 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 uh, that night, and and I know that he spied when Eddie was giving me his email. And I go, I know you looked. And I did, I know you know what it is. I swear to God, if you ever use it, he didn't give it to you. He gave it to me. You're gonna make me look like an
0: idiot.
2: You get your, your hand on his anymore. throat. He's like, Patrick, please, you're hurting me. <laughs> don't ruin this for me. <laughs> so, but
0: so, uh, so what? What do you think? Well, where do you fall on the on the Nirvana side? Is that is that? L- oh,
2: yeah, I love Nirvana. Okay,
0: good. So, so you yeah. don't you don't see Pearl Jam versus Nirvana versus? I don't see not
1: see uh, any of the I them think that was just a magazine. Everybody has their, you know, you know, better Pearl Jam. That's just been my muse, and uh, that's everybody. It's different. I I would I. I would argue to to me they're they're the the great band you know the greatest you know band everybody's got their own favorites so um I mean if you if if somebody wanted to debate it I could uh, you know why did they it's, why did they reject everything Pearl Jam
0: there was that point where they were like we're not making videos anymore we're not doing this anymore we don't it was almost like they got successful and then said we don't want to be successful anymore
1: punk rock guilt was that it no <laughs> I think every you know every artist in that in that realm uh, you know they're they're going to have to uh, you have to make choices and certain things work for you and certain things don't. But it seems that they've always been really in touch with, you know, like the, the the plight of the everyday, you know, man, you know. I mean that's why Ticketmaster just really, you know, rubbed them the wrong way and um they became, you know, their 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 whole program as far as um producing producing and making all of their the, you know, their art and music available to the world has really been a. Uh, um, you could look at it from a marketing standpoint and say, "Wow, this is quite perfect." You know, they bootleg their own albums and then they they get them out there. And there, there is no middleman. You know, so they make those you know affordable. They're really well produced. I think it's a great idea. They should. I think they should bootleg. Um, you know, uh, live. You know, uh, the live footage from all of their shows. Sure. You go. To, you know, they could probably. That would entail some more work, but
0: (laughs) yeah, I always uh, I I guess they start out like as any artist does, like we just want to play music. We just want to do this thing. And then they start getting more successful. And why would they not do that? Yeah. But then at a certain point, it somehow seems to get too top heavy and then they've. it's, it seems that they well go. they
2: probably saw it start happening to a lot of their friends, you know, like uh, seeing like, OK, so like so many of their friends bands were huge, too. And they saw a lot of the stuff that kind yeah. of maybe they didn't like or they like it was like, we got to be careful about this ha- this happening to us.
0: I bet, it, I bet a lot of it probably also has to do with the um, uh, the commercialization of everything and the sort of label of. Because, you know, I'm sure when they were first playing music, they probably didn't go, let's play grunge music. They just said, let's play. Let's just sort of play this music that we want to play.
2: Well, their band before that, Mother Love Bone, was kind of a glammy band. Well, do you think then it
0: was... a? Uh I wonder how much of it was a sort of this is what the market wants versus this is just what we want to well, do. Knows
1: what the hell grunge means because I mean, they were wearing you know because of the shirts they were wearing yeah they, the like, they still laugh it's just yeah, it, it's ridiculous. But then but it's funny to me yeah. that that
0: grunge sort of got to a certain point the same as like hair metal did where it's like okay no you guys are wearing costumes it's just they're just different co- you know like grunge had a different aesthetic but ultimately it got to a certain point where it's like you know when your parents know what grunge is. Yeah, you're wearing one of those grunge shirts, and all of a sudden it's sort of—and they, I assume, they are probably like, "Fuck, we don't want to be a part of that." And much in the same way that when alternative comedy became a thing called alternative comedy, a lot of the original comics who made it happen were like,
1: "I fucking hate that term." Yeah, yeah but exactly. I, you know, I think that. When you look at it, uh, the the music that came out of that region, I, I would rather take the long way of saying instead of calling it grunge, it's going to stand the test of time as opposed to so much of the the hair bands. The when you listen to it, it's a lot of that is can can be ridiculous. There's a lot of those great, but a lot of it's also ridiculous. Sure, but yeah. It's um, you know, it, it, all that music just it just stands up. It stands up today like it did, you know, back in nineteen ninety one. What know? do you think is the best? if someone was a Pearl Jam fan in the nineties and then
0: sort of fell off, like what, what's a good re-entry point? Is it like, is it Eddie solo work like the into the wild soundtrack or what, what do you think is?
1: Well, yeah, any of that. I mean there you know, if you, there are those that, that's still as perfect as his ukulele, you know, uh, you know, CD is, you know, there are those that just might not be able to listen to ukulele. But it's magnificent.
3: Yeah, it it's really great. is,
1: you know, and, um, or, um, you know, it, like the End of the Wild soundtrack, where that's just, that's something you could spend a thousand times um, and never get old. But, uh, uh I mean, I you know I I would feel like you could just dive in dive in anywhere, but if you if you've never been to a show, you know you got to get to a show because those are life changing experiences. I, the first Pearl Jam show I went to was the Traffic and Transportation Building at the State Fairgrounds in Oklahoma. I was out there doing a movie with Peter Berg back when he was uh, doing more acting than directing. And yeah. he and we he he was the one who knew knew they were there. He mentioned it, and I said, "Yeah, sure, let's go." I was already a fan, but. Just, uh, it was the best rock shot I've been to, and um,
2: that's what happened to my friend. He was just, he was never into Pearl Jam. Yeah. He got a free ticket because he was working at a subway sandwich place right where the next to the venue they were playing. Mm-hmm. He gave a free sandwich to one of the go- bouncers. He was like, Hey, Pro Jam's playing tonight. If you want to come by for free, he's like, "Yeah, whatever, I got nothing to do and then from there on out he became my pearl jam friend like this yeah. guy like
3: shirts fucking yes. got everything like yeah. just
2: became obsessed like uh his like screen name on instant messenger was like you know a pearl jam reference yeah sure yeah. i mean i
1: got 60 70 t-shirts now as does my my buddy torque who's the, the grip i told you about yeah. you brought there you know and you spot him you know you're like oh the brotherhood danny, yeah. Ma- danny masterson <laughs> is is a sick pearl jam fan and we we uh we bonded. We bonded a lot over that, you know. You know, we'll be, you know, in a golf tournament somewhere playing and have a few few drinks at night, and it's just, it's we just talk about, uh, you know, we just talk about the band. We just get into the band. That's do you great. do you
0: play an instrument?
1: I don't. I'm 48 years old. I really, literally, just started taking. Singing lessons. Oh, <laughs> that's awesome! It's just good therapy. You know, I don't know if uh, I, I don't. I don't think anything will ever come of it, other than maybe I could. I might be able to sell something, a silly, you know, musical at some point. Sure. But uh, <clears throat> it's just good training. It's great therapy. I could talk about Pearl Jam for for hours, you know. But we, you know what? I, we started talking about was the environment, at home, why the kids are all there, and I want to finish up with that. Sure. We got the house. We got a game room upstairs. And uh, then, um, you know, we got the pool. And out in Ventura County, everybody's on like two acres. I found the best way to buy like an estate without paying an estate price mm-hmm. is to get in a, buy an equestrian area and don't have horses. Oh, <laughs> <you know? laughs> that's really smart. Yeah. It's like, okay, this house is huge. It's on, a, it's on like two park like acres. And <laughs> it doesn't cost that much because it's just, everybody's house is out there yeah. and you know so we've got all this room and we we always wanted to keep the kids around so we we did create an environment where all their buddies you know find our place to be sort of the, the home away from home so sunday nights we'll have anywhere between 12 and 15 Teenagers, you know, dressed like zombies watching The Walking Dead, you know, <laughs> Monday night, night, I'll be there for another reason. You know, it could be like a Tuesday night and, you know, when Talon's buddies will be out there barbecuing burgers and they're all around. And I'll look at my wife and I'll be like, is it Saturday? I go, it is. It's like any normal Tuesday. You're going to have to start
0: going to further and further lengths as the kids get older. It's like, hey, kids, we open a bar up over where the barn would be. Yep. We got a bar, we got go. some yeah, fans yeah. coming in. <laughs> yeah. Dad's got
2: Dad's going to jam with Eddie. Water park, water park in the corner. <laughs>
0: water park. Yeah. We got a, We got an arcade. <laughs> huh? you kids like arcades.
1: We got to raise the stakes, yeah.
0: <laughs> what, what are your kids uh what do they know what they want to do yet? Do they want to go into uh performing or not performing
1: or do they not uh, care about it? I think my little guy Gabriel might might want to go into uh, the biz. He's um he's uh He's a great he's just an amazing little kid. He's, he's, uh, he plays, um, the guitar. They all play the guitar now. I, that's just something I wish that I'd learned to do early on. And so I got this guy, uh, who comes up to the house and just works with all of them on a Sunday. So he'll be out for about two, three hours and he'll just spend 40 minutes with each one of them. And so they're all doing great. It's not too late for you to learn the guitar if you wanted to. I got a ukulele, my buddy, my buddy Tor gave me a ukulele, you know, and, uh, So those are, um, it's a little uh, easier to pick up. Four strings. You just have some fun with it. My dog
2: has fleas. Patrick
0: Warburton's Uke Jam. You just cover all the Pearl Jam songs Uke style.
1: I play Gilligan's Island, uh, the ballad of Gilligan's Island. Awesome.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But you could just sing the lyrics of Jeremy to Gilligan's Island. Jeremy spoke in class today.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Keep going.
1: <laughs> On an uncharted
0: <laughs> desert
3: <laughs> isle, <laughs> with <West> Stone Gossard, <laughs> Jeff Immonen, <Amant. laughs> <laughs> Mike <Taylor>. McCready,
1: <laughs> and their
2: wives a- and the rest. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um.
3: <laughs> that, that,
0: see, see, there you go. There's a there. There is there is a million view video right there. Is Patrick Warburton singing a Pearl Jam lyrics to? Uh, a lyrics, singing lyrics of Pearl Jam to the Gilligan's Island theme, done.
1: Or maybe a, a, a disappointing 161 views. Yeah. <laughs> it's possible. With, you never know with, with YouTube. With 32 likes and yeah. 14 dislikes. <laughs> <laughs> <All> oh, <those> no dislikes. Dude. <laughs> lo- you know, for 161 views, that's a lot of votes, though. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> We're going to find a positive way to spin This, this isn't
0: yeah. anything. The retention value of those 161. <laughs> no, no. I, I talked about I hosted the streamies last weekend, and I, t- I talked about this. That when you watch the, the most popular Russian meteor video, had like thirty two thousand likes and like two thousand fifty four dislikes. Why? Who it, thumbs downs? Uh, uh, like this really awesome meteor footage. You're like yeah. nope, no
1: Well, the production value wasn't stunning. Yeah. I most know the guy it was driving, driving yeah. yeah, driving most and it. filming with his <laughs> iPhone.
2: <laughs> One right, it's Russia. Probably. So, yeah.
1: um, do they even have the
2: iPhone? No, they just have dashboard cams. Hmm.
0: Yeah, so I know. don't. Well, they all. Yeah, a lot of them had dashboard cams, and they they, they caught have them in Russia. Son. Maybe that was it. I don't know, but I don't know why. You, like that's that just doesn't really seem like something to editorialize over. <laughs> nope. Yeah. Yeah. Only like terrestrial disasters. Those
1: people just hate everything. They
0: really do, Patrick. They, they yeah, really they do. Do you do you enjoy? Uh, do you enjoy where our culture has gone from there? Because, you know, just taking it back to Pearl Jam for a second, that that last that era of music was really kind of the last great era of kind of a unified music business before it all just started to crumble. <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. that took us into like 95, 96. All of a sudden, you know, people are have people have Internet. And then it's just all blah, 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 blah. And then, you know, audiences are splintered. People are kind of getting their niche needs met. People aren't coming together to listen to.
1: But it's still, I mean, if you're a musician out there, the only money to be made is making live music yeah. anymore. And, you know, you know, arguably, I, I mean, that makes, I think what a, what, what a band like Pearl Jam does, you know, all the more. I mean, it's a. It's, they've got a perfect system because they do the best live show in the world. So they
0: were grandfathered in, though. They were grand, They yeah. like they're a famous. Yeah. They like they were
1: already a band that people liked.
0: This is true. So it's difficult. Yeah,
1: it is difficult to get to that point in this day and age because there is. It's, it's just the market is saturated.
0: Yeah. yeah. I wonder how they decide. I wonder when you're a band who has that many albums and that many songs. There's always going to be. There's. there are always going to be songs where people are like. How come they didn't play? You know, even when they might, how many how many songs do they play in a well, typical they have show? A
1: catalog of you know a thousand songs. Jesus Christ! I mean, I still hear things. I'm like, I'm not sure I've ever heard that one before. You know, and it's just awesome. Um, but uh, but I had a good set list. You know, it's, it's cool when Eddie's on on stage and he says, "Well, this last song, you know, maybe we played it once in a city, but we've never played it here." And then he goes into "Crown of Thorns," and I'm like.
3: Yes. <laughs> yeah, he played it alone
1: and uh, a lot of great stuff. It was great. It was a great mm-hmm. night. He didn't. I didn't open with Long Road, which is an awesome tune. It would have been a great one to open with. So they they opened with Long Road that night, and I wasn't sure that wasn't sure that they're gonna. But out of like the thirty four songs, twenty eight of them ended up being my.
2: Wow! Oh shit! Were you, were you doing a lot of deep cuts to kind of impress Eddie? Like it's like he's gonna love well, the fact that those, I wanted to you play
1: wa- Yeah, you want to? You want it to be well rounded? So there were you know, there were deep ones. Yeah, you know, but I had, you know, I like, you know, like black and yellow lead better, which you know didn't make the final cut. But they were on. An, they played him another night. You know, I like that Eddie
0: Vedder really was like your personal MP3 player for a minute. Or yeah.
2: you'd be like, and then I'll play this one. Yeah. I'll create this playlist. And you a list, yeah. man. Well, oh, just here's my iPod playlist. You could just <laughs> but instead of that. listening
0: to the iPod. You're controlling Eddie
1: Vedder.
3: Yeah. My <laughs> sessions get.
1: have just gotten, you know, have just I think just gotten better or cooler throughout the years. But early on, they were. You know, when I was a freshman in high school, I weighed 95 pounds, and I had these glasses here go on over my contacts. I'm blind as a bat. Wow. I usually I usually win in the my eyesight's worse than your Eyes sure. contest, unless you have uh, a red-tipped cane. <laughs> and then <laughs> that's it's, it's, do you, LASIK? It's, these are. I'm not a candidate for for laser surgery. Oh yeah, um, they're they're not good. But I so I used to collect stamps and coins and. Uh, I could tell you all about Sansa. I would go, We'd have there would be a bid board. And so if there was, a, say there's like a buffalo nickel. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, this is like eBay, you know, 34, yeah,
3: 35, <laughs> 35 years ago. It was
1: like thir- 13th time. And so, hmm, I take my book out. Hmm, well, this buffalo nickel, 1915 buffalo nickel is valued in this condition at twenty three cents. <laughs> the last bit on it is at twelve cents. <laughs> is he gonna make a I'm killing? gonna go I don't want him to come back. I'm just gonna go straight to fourteen cents. <laughs> I so I get this thing I come home, Dad. So I get this buffalo nickel for fourteen cents. Look at it's worth 20, 22 cents. Well, son, something's really only worth as much as somebody's going to pay for it. <laughs>
0: Thanks <so> a <laughs> lot. Dad. Uh, Thanks for taking the wind out of my sails. I, I had the I had the coin collection too. I had the books with all of the, you know, like where they were minted and what. Yeah, and then you know, every once in a while, you, you, and, and maybe this is you know, in your kid mind, you're like, well, this, I think this does fit the criteria for this coin, which could be worth thousands of dollars. Yeah. And then you take it somewhere, and they're like, "No, no, no," because uh, and, yeah. and that yeah. also has your thumbprint on it. And
1: you know? yeah. <laughs> so, did you keep you it in you your pocket it. on the way over here? Yeah. Yes. Mm. If you hadn't gotten your finger oils on it, it's yeah, be I think worth you worth
0: a lot. More. You yeah. almost didn't ruin it, so that's a good, you know, that's something to yeah. think about. I remember that when you're but going now, home
2: to your poor house. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but, yeah, I had uh, the I had, all, I had all of the. You know, Buffalo, the Buffalo nickels and the wheat pennies and the and the Liberty quarters and the, yeah. all that great stuff. I remember those.
1: I cl- and the comic books I collected were not the cool ones, not Batman and not the dark ones. Those are too dark. The ones I had were the. Richie Rich. <laughs> These are probably like the Donald Duck. Yep. I had every... They were all feel-gooders. Yep. You know? I didn't want to have nightmares. But... Um, I
0: would love to see Chris Nolan's Richie Rich.
2: That. Yeah. I think that actually might be That is just, Batman. That is
0: Batman. Damn it, that's not fair! Sorry. <laughs> I got the up? point, Chris. Chris Nolan's Richie Rich is just the Dark Knight. So did you? Do you? Do you? When did those obsessions kind of wane? When did you decide? I think maybe I shall be a performer. I think maybe I'm not going to be 95 pounds
1: anymore. Boy, I don't know. Uh, Rocky had something to do with that, the movie Rocky. Wow. Yeah, I was about 12 or 13, and. I immediately the next day I was drinking raw eggs, and, like <laughs> dressing like rock. I'd even like throw the towel over the neck and then stuff it in a sweatshirt
2: while it. reading a Donald Duck comic book. <laughs> 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 this is an intense adventure he's having with Huey, Dewey, and Louie. How is he going to get
1: those nephews to bed? <laughs> but uh, yeah, unfortunately, I started started growing. But no, I was so I was so tiny. I used to I used to get bullied a bit. You know, I mean, I remember like. Uh, I was a kid, you know, who'd walk home from from the bus stop after taking the bus for an hour to go to an all boys college prep school, where they could recruit football players too. So they, it was it was either academics or football, and like I, so I did not fit in. And then you know, then I'd get off that bus after an hour drive home from school, and you know, I remember the you know the two guys that would sit out there and just like spit on me when I walked home. Oh over. no, jeez! It was it was just horrible. Where, I mean, where did you grow up? In Huntington Beach. Oh, honey. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah. Uh, it was just horrible, but uh, and then I started growing, so it was good. the The worst, the worst talk show experience I've ever had. I'm, I was actually up in the Seattle area. For the Seattle Film Festival, and so I, I was in a film where I did play a bully. It's so funny. I hate bullies. I grew up hating boys, and I play boys <laughs> all the time.
3: <laughs> um,
1: so in this one movie, I, I played a bit of an ass and uh, a real asshole. And so uh, I get a call from my publicist. They said, uh, "You want to do a show called? Uh, I think it's called Northwest Today, and it's you know it's on one of the, you know major networks. I think it's, it's like on." NBC or something, but all throughout the Pacific Northwest, it's a live show, they have a male and a female host, they have an audience, and uh, oh, this will be great, I can get on there and promote the you know, the movie, get people coming to see the movie. Um, and they're going to do the shows on bullying, you know, do you have any stories, like when you were a kid about being, <laughs> being bullied, and I, I, don't, I don't tell them the horrible story about getting spit on, oh sure, I, you know, I'm thinking, I'm thinking this will all be, you know, fun and games, you know, uh, I didn't realize how heavy it was going to get. Yeah, I was bullied. I wasn't bullied any more than you know. I don't think I was probably bullied any more than the next kid. But I, I got some stories. So I go now. I think that's the host. I think she's you know she's gunning for an Emmy here because (laughs) I I have literally, I, I have, uh, I've been had. I am standing backstage with a coffee in my hand and I'm watching a monitor, and there's a a woman on stage whose child killed themselves. Because they had been bullied. Uh-huh. There are audience members in tears. They're on tears on stage. I'm, I'm holding my this cup of coffee. I'm like, what did I get myself into? The host of the show looks at the camera right after this woman's, you know, talked about losing a child. We have to go to break. When we come back, a former cast member of Seinfeld who was tortured by
3: bullies. <laughs> oh, oh no. <laughs> I, the coffee drops out of it and
1: it hits the floor. It, did, it was scene, it's like, I couldn't have, like, hard to block this in a movie. He drops the cop, cup of coffee out of his hand. Uh, the coffee drops. It's on the floor. Oh, my God. And then you go out there and you can't be a dick. You gotta, you've got got to, you can't go out there and go, listen, I didn't sign on for this. You yeah. just, you got to give you them what you can. Them. No, yeah,
0: You bully them. You turn the show around right yes, now. We're going to beat the shit out of you.
1: <laughs> no, you want to help these people, you know? And so all of a sudden I came out there and for the next 20 or 30 minutes, I just talked about what people need to do. And, you know, I I became a professional. Well, that's You're nice. <laughs> this is what you all got to do. No, and I, and I you know, I just, I ended up bragging on my kids. You know, I got my son Talon. He would always, he would intervene. It's not enough to, you know, to just, you know, stay away or, or not bully. You, you know, it's a numbers thing, you know. So you got to get, you know, the rest of the gang at school and say, we don't tolerate this stuff. You can't stand idly by when other people mm-hmm. get bullied. And I just went in that direction, but. That was uh,
0: Sounds like it sounds like it actually went okay. That was fine. I, th- I thought did. this I you I didn't that's not where I thought you were going with this. I thought you were going with this are like coming up next, a man who revels in playing bullies. <laughs> and yeah. Like I uh, thought it was gonna why be. Why do you glorify? Yeah. How dare you, sir <laughs> No Dude. I hate
1: him. I did I did uh a movie that my kids have never seen is called uh, Joe Somebody. A lot of people have never seen it. Um, <laughs> I, I, I smacked the crap out of uh, Tim Allen in front of his ten year old child, and it's so ugly that I from the very beginning I just go, don't ever watch this movie. <laughs> no. so, I don't know if any of them ever even wanted to, but I just and none of them have ever seen it because to me, there's a lot they could see. They could see you know Dad with a, a gun at war. Or I don't know whatever but not hitting a man in front of his child. I think that's the ugliest thing. And is, although I they think, know that it's just a movie, it's just an image. I never wanted them. I in. think we'll all
0: agree it's tough to keep kids away from those Tim Allen films. So <laughs> I'm surprised that actually, I, I'm sure they've actually seen it a hundred
2: times.
1: Yeah, well, no, I'm sure there's a DVD of it floating around the house. I'm like, eh, don't
0: watch this. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. That. Says, that says don't watch it. I'm just
2: going to leave this right here. Don't yeah. watch it. <laughs>
1: But
0: uh, where did you you know wh- when did the performing stuff start and when did it, when did you
1: realize like you could play that guy um I don't know I don't I just remember like in third and fourth grade you know playing free speech and you know like some Thanksgiving show at school and just being really dorky and you know I had fun with it and and then I like remember taking a leak in the bathroom and one of the big guys one of the like who would have been huge, one of the bullies, you know, like standing next to me at the urinal next to me. <laughs> that was funny, man. And that, that was the, first, <laughs> the first like acceptance I ever got was like, am I going to get a swooshie? Is somebody going to stick my head in the toilet? <laughs> I was very nervous. He's like, yeah, that was funny. And I just thought, damn, this is my in. That's my way in. Yep. This is my in. This is how I will control them. Make yes. them laugh. But uh, I didn't do anything really until college didn't work out. Then I thought, eh, try this act. the tick was such a fun show and a show that i think i would love for it still to be on yeah well when you got barry sonnenfeld you know producing it you got larry charles as your runner and ben edlin's great creation
2: such a stacked show yeah yeah
1: and i guess it was just too expensive you know for the network that's why you know like murdoch and and uh Company, they just looked at it, and it was a half-hour show that cost as much as most one-hour shows, Mm -hmm. because they weren't doing single-camera half hours at the time. As well, you know, one of the early ones. Mm. Oh, this show costs a lot because we're shooting ten hours a day, and it's costume intensive. And there's a show called Joe Millionaire, yes, and one of their first reality shows, and it got huge viewership, and they, they're businessmen at the network. They just looked at it and said, look, this is an hour long. It's shot on video. We don't pay any actors. It's cheap. and look at the numbers we get. I'm not going to support you know, a show that costs as much. And so in the long run, you know, they're the losers for not doing that. But I mean, to think that we only did nine or ten episodes and that they turned out like that. I mean, if that show had evolved, it, it would have yeah. been even, you know, more than that. But And there will be, you know, The Tick is a great... He's the whole inception of this character is, is uh, ingenious, and somebody else will get to step into those shoes at some point and have fun, you know.
0: I so, hope I yeah. hope so. I, I still think you could, I think you could still do it if you wanted to. We should just start like, making them. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I always thought it. there was, I was always kind of hoping there would be a movie to come out and just like yeah. uh, see the see the live action tick on a large scale. Yeah. You know, it would have been so fun to see. Yeah. 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 Well, one of these days. Why not today, Patrick? There's somebody out there might start a letter-writing
1: campaign. <laughs> <laughs> Soundtrack by Eddie Vedder. Yeah. <laughs>
0: That'd be fucking rad. He'd do it. Of course he would it. do it. Yeah. What have you... Uh, uh, we worked Pretty on... Much. Well, we actually never worked together, but we both did The X's, which is a cartoon at Nickelodeon oh, yeah. that our friend Carlos, Carlos Ramos, Ramos yeah. yes. created Carlos, and directed. Yeah. And yeah. So I played Glowface. You were glow face. Uh, I was. And so, uh, which is a weird thing. I played glow face, <laughs> which was basically my bad attempt at doing a Wallace Sean impression. Uh, so the, so the whole, the whole thing with everything is like that. And, and which was a total mistake because it shredded my voice. Like I got the job <laughs> and they were like, okay, great. Now you have to do that every week. And it was just all shouting, but uh, but you guys were great. And Wendy Malik was on the
2: show, and yeah, Steven wow. Root, and like it was a fucking awesome cast. Yeah, I remember Carlos was obsessed with just trying to get like all the people he's ever wanted to work with. Like uh, he was just like he's like always trying to get people. But that we is.
0: never got to record together because they recorded all of us individually. So That's you know right. it, you would never even see anyone else.
1: The art on that show was kind of cool. It was sort of retro. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Like no black lines. I think that was like right. It was just like color on color. There was never any like outlines exactly. with that. Yeah. It was a really fun, it was a really fun show, yeah, which was funky. yeah, was I always fun. thought that hopefully one day you guys would make a live action full length movie that thing of the exes? <laughs> just everything that gets canceled. I just always thought it'd be really cool <laughs> to see that, a movie
3: that's Jonah's go to no,
1: <laughs> really
0: wish I just wanted to see that as a movie.
2: Are you doing a lot of
1: voiceover stuff now? uh yeah, working on a, another disney Disney movie, and then um. Working on Family Guy. Of course, yeah. Wrapped, I guess. We wrapped uh, yeah, Scooby Doo. I was working on that still. And,
0: uh, oh, I did a couple episodes of that. Did you? Yeah. I got to be the villain that says I would have gotten away with it if it hadn't been for you meddling kids. And awesome. it was one of the fucking greatest yes. things that I ever got to, yes.
2: to do.
1: You're getting to deliver those iconic lines. Be that, yeah.
2: That's cool. I finally got to. With voiceover, do, do you just do it from home? Do you have, like an, uh, you have a recording? Man, I thing?
1: still don't have that set up and I, I need it, but. I find that most most of the projects I work on, you got they want you in there anyways. They so. want all the people there from notes and Well, they don't want them all to, there together, but they do want them in there. Yeah. So. Well, Family Guy's just right across the plaza from here. I will be going there immediately after here. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you
3: know,
1: I live an oil change away. So see. Yeah. I put <laughs>
2: together,
3: Did I you have like a five I hours to kill? Yeah I, <laughs> to yeah, I was supposed to go in there
1: tomorrow and I said, hmm, if you could squeeze me today, that would I'm gonna be do. Right
0: I'm going to be right easier. across the building. Yeah. I mean, it's literally 30 steps away as their offices. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're going to validate my parking and everything. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I am so good. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Today. We'll just validate your parking for the whole day.
2: Whoa, okay. Chris. And
0: then you can go building to building. Shut up, Joan, I know what I'm We're doing. We talk about this the entire day. We, we
1: do not have a budget for that. <laughs> you writing checks. Your body
0: <laughs> That's right. I have to fight the parking people at the end of the day. Yeah. And if I win, then they don't have to pay any parking. And if they win, then I have to pay all the parking, which is horribly expensive. Mm. Oh, look, it's our uh, soup friend. Hey, guys. Um, did you never want to do... Did you never try... It
3: does look like Manny Patinkin.
1: <laughs> did you never... Uh, <laughs> Did you never want to do stand-up or anything? I did stand-up for a minute when I was 20 years old. It's the one thing I regret. Quitting. <laughs> oh, Rick, I, I, thought I thought you read was it. Was right <laughs> no, it was, it was fun. It was cool. And it was a trip because when I was 20, I mean, I, you know, Sam Kennison, I, I saw a lot of stuff back there. It was, it was. Um, I mean, just the lines of blow <laughs> from, everywhere from the kitchen to backstage at the comic store. I remember, you know, once, you know, talking to Sam about the sacrilegious stuff, bringing that up, and I, I don't remember, I think he told me to, uh, is this rated, uh, what is this rated? Uh, it's rated, say whatever the fuck you want. Okay, okay.
0: Yeah. It's rated triple X, we'll show penetration.
1: Sam said, go fuck yourself, but, uh, <laughs> which which I deserved as a 20-year-old kid, you know, like. Sam, I, the sacrilegious stuff. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Were we, do we, do we you we
0: sincerely kind of hounding him about it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I grew up in a very I told you I went to Catholic schools growing up and I did too I All Boys Catholic High School same yeah. here Sam, you're really funny. When you do all that yelling stuff, it's really funny. Um, <laughs> the sacrilegious. <laughs> I
3: love it. I don't think you need the to go. Right. year old kid telling yeah. Sam
1: Kinnison. It's like I turned into
0: my mother. <laughs> I mean, you um, know, it's fine. Yeah. Then move to where the yeah. food is, bitch. That's really laughed. funny.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you fuck, fuck yourself. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
0: and then went back to a line of blow on a yeah. uh, on, some, on some centerfold's <laughs> vagina.
1: But the most. One thing I early on I just just the dysfunction um, seriously of, of the comics at the time everybody was so fucked up back there you know I just thought it was sort of it's comics take all a lot of that and turn it around and and, and find, it's important to find the humor and situations in life but it was an environment that was kind of trippy to me um but uh, it's a great thing to have you know I'm telling you it's, it must have you know when I think
0: about when I think about the mind of a comic and just how unstable it can be. And then you, you like, I feel like now we sort of have the gift of people are into therapy and they know they're, we're aware of anxiety and we talk about these things and, you know, we're anti-drug. and I mean, I'm, I'm not saying everyone, but but then back then, it's just like 70s and 80s, was like, it's on. Yeah. You're just fucking doing everything and it's yeah. completely accepted. Like, I'm surprised everyone didn't die.
1: No, I am too because that's that's what was expected of you back then. You know, and it, it was um, everybody was you know doing drugs and uh, you know unless you're like Louie Anderson, then you were having a sandwich. But everybody had their addiction. <laughs> you know, he was snorting sandwiches. Yeah, and then uh, and then of course all of the
0: coke from the hair metal days evolved to the heroin of the grunge scene. Yeah, <laughs> it just even the drugs like it's so funny how. Mm. When the movement, like the whole movement, is different, and literally every facet is almost seems to be designed, like yeah. well, But we're not going to be that, so we're going to do that. I, I know mm-hmm. it wasn't necessarily a conscious decision, but it is interesting to see because Sam was part of that kind of hair metal uh, community mm-hmm. on the comic side. Yeah,
1: yeah, he was a rock star, you know.
0: And then even you even saw comedy go through the same thing with the. The previously uh, mentioned alternative comedy movement was that was essentially the kind of grunge movement of comedy mm-hmm. from hit like the big arena style stand-ups, the dice clays and the kinisons, to like we're in a coffee house, I'm reading out of my notebook, there's no flash. It's very pared down, you
2: know, it's yeah, a pure, yeah. you know... Even before that, like, you know, just the comics I would perform with Sinatra. Uh, everyone, like, you know, they're all hanging out with these, like, classy... And, like, comics wore suits, and everyone was real classy, and, you know, bop, bop, bop. So it's, it's always kind of mi- mirrors it. it I seems.
0: don't know how to define what's what the cultural movement of 2013 is, or, or... of I don't know what the cultural movement now is. I feel like it was easier to identify then, or maybe it's easier easier in retrospect. But if you said, like, what's pop music now, or what's pop anything... I'm not 100 percent sure I would know like what rock and roll is or what I don't know. Is there rock and roll still?
2: Black Keys, mm. yeah. As as far as like pop music, rock yeah. and roll, like the like popular rock and roll, like Black Keys are still really big.
1: Yeah, and then it's like an evolution, and yeah, um, and they're really cool. I thought that was my favorite Grammy performance is when they they uh, with the uh, Preservation Hall band. Yeah, that was, yeah, really, that was really good.
2: I like that. Uh, I like that Mumford and Sons performance too. Yeah, I like that. He just has that bass drum there. Yeah. Like uh the guitar player. What I did not enjoy yeah. was the musical performance uh from the Ben Fun. And I like <laughs> that. No,
0: you're not you're not you're not a. f you're not a fan. Yeah. Ocean, Key? That
1: was weird. I I did it did it, sound a bit weird. Yeah. Yeah,
0: it, it, did sound
2: like no, didn't, it didn't, didn't sound like the album.
0: I didn't see the Grammys. That good. album's
1: great. It didn't sound yeah. good.
0: We have um I, I work Sunday nights and so we our first we're talking dead bat was Grammy Night. So uh I didn't see any I don't know if I even would have watched the Grammys if I were home, but uh what was the what was the fun the fun band? Well, for?
2: you know they're playing their song that sounds like it's from Newsies, and then uh, <laughs> they just had rain start to fall on them, which looks cool. But then, like my reaction was like they're gonna get electrocuted. Oh, they're not actually playing. Oh, that's not a real fun performance at all.
0: But <laughs> well, that's why it's a period after. fun. Yeah,
2: exactly. If it was an exclamation point, I'd probably like them a lot more. <laughs> Maybe so. Yeah.
1: Well, I don't know. It's strange. Listen, the last decade or shortly. Shortly more or so we we've changed as a is as, as a people in a society the way we socially interact That's all changed because of all the new media and whatnot and I I uh, It it uh I I still you know, I'm trying to catch catch up. I have to ask my kids how to work shit and <laughs> feel Like an old man, you know
3: <laughs> There's just but, too much
1: There is just too much you can access. I guarantee you that there's stuff that they
0: don't know about. There's just too much of everything available at all times now to be able. They're really smart kids. You, but you would have to not. (laughs) You would have to not do anything else other than just consume. Yeah. To be able to be up to speed on everything, you wouldn't be able to have a job. You wouldn't be able if you if you caught up on every video game, every book, every movie, every television show, every internet thing. There's no... That's a fucking job. That's a full-time, 80-hour-a-week job just trying to do that.
1: I don't... Yeah. There's got to be a machine that can do what I do. Listen, I'm not even as a voiceover artist. I don't even have that kind of range. I'm not exactly a chameleon. (laughs) (laughs) I might do... I might do different characters, but they all sound a little... I, I don't know how much longer I
0: can make this work. <laughs> oh, I worked, I worked with it on a show once, and a voiceover show once. And there was an actor, and he was fucking great at doing. And like he just had his voice, and it always kind of hurt his feelings when he was like, "Can I, can I do one of the other ones?" And they'd be like, "Okay, um, you know, try this, uh, try this character." And then it would, and then be like, rawr, rawr, it'd be the same voice. <laughs> And then, and then, but in his mind, he would think it was different. And they were oh. like, "Oh,
2: that's that, I don't know." Which is like so many cartoons from the uh, like like seventies and eighties, all those movies. It's just it's like, uh, and Dom DeLuise as a cat version of Dom DeLuise. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> but then you know you you have these voiceover guys like Rob Paulson or Jeff Bennett or Dee Baker who just fucking come in and. And you just you—they're almost impossible to spot in a show because they're so versatile with their voices, and it's—it's it's pretty like when you see a really good. I think I think voiceover work is harder because it's all based on your performance.
1: Yeah, but you can, you can goof and experiment with that too. You know, and have have fun with it, and if it doesn't work, you just try something else, and so. So you, you really do have room to, to sort of explore, you know, whereas I'm not sure you have that when you're doing on-camera stuff. It's like, what the fuck did he just do? Yeah. Yeah. Oh,
3: let's tone <laughs>
0: it down a little bit.
2: You
1: yeah. don't know how it's too far until we get yeah. there.
3: Hey, guys, uh, I really thought
0: I would do it like this now. Yeah. Like, right. why is he doing that? Yeah, going yeah. back
2: to one is easier in animation. It's much
0: easier.
1: But in voiceover, you can do that, yeah.
0: Do you actually, do, does Seth sit in on the recordings or does
1: someone? Well, uh, he did for years. He directed everything for years up until he became. Do you think hosting the Oscars star. is going to take up a lot of his time? Can't even talk to the guy anymore. He disappeared. <laughs> He's the guy behind the curtain now.
0: Yeah, sure, I'm sure. I mean, I remember
1: like five or six years ago, he'd ask, ask, ask me questions, you know, about stuff I was doing. Like he was actually curious or interested. <laughs> yeah. Like he could give a fuck now. Patrick, <laughs> let me tell you what it was like in the Academy Awards. <laughs> um, I mean, here's the difference. This is the difference between Seth and me now. He's hosting the Academy Awards. I'll be going to a viewing party.
3: <laughs> um, I've never even been <laughs> he's hosting.
1: And my wife's such a snob, you know, because I'm going to, you know, she's like, there's this there's this, there's this, this party that this old Hollywood guy, Norby Walters, has. And it's really cool. You know, it's fun, you know, but I mean, he has like 15, 20 people who've actually won, Holly, uh, won Academy Awards and they go and, but my wife's right. She's like, "Oh, you're gonna go watch the awards with everybody else who wasn't invited." <laughs> oh, go, she's she's just like, so cheesy. I'm like, "Well, yeah. I mean, it doesn't sound very cool now." Like, <laughs> listen, hun. I get what you're saying, bitch. Uh, but <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> listen, I'm going to. I go by the way because like last year was your first year. I, fi- I finally went to this thing because I was like, I just want to. I want to go have, have a little bit of fun. So I go out and I mean and. Like my, Brian Cranston is a buddy of mine. He's sitting next to me, so I go home and like, uh, "Honey, by the way, snobby lady." Uh, <laughs> Cranston was there. This guy's won like nine Emmys. You he know? could go He's to not the Academy too Awards big for his britches. He's probably gonna be there this year, I would think. You know, because of uh, Drive, right? No, right. Ar-
2: Drive was the year before. Argo. Argo. Yeah.
1: You know, so um, whatever. But I, I, I want to. You know, I want to go out and have some fun this year.
0: But Cranston's a guy who I could see him. Even if he got an invitation to the Academy Awards, he seems like the kind of to be like, eh, I'd rather just go watch it with my friends. Right. Yeah. yeah,
1: sure. Sure. Yeah, he's super down to earth. Super down to earth, dude. He's really cool. Um
0: I'd like to see just I'm, you I'm, I'm, and Cranston driving across country solving crimes. Like Supernatural style. <laughs> I'd love to see you and Cranston in Supernatural. Just recast you guys as the movie version of Supernatural. You guys driving across country Slaying demons.
1: I'll tell you what, done because I can make decisions like I can just
3: I can
0: get
1: the ball rolling. I can green light that right now. I have looked at um, uh I'm excited though for the awards this year for the really the first time ever um, because uh, it'll be fun to watch what Seth Seth does. I think uh, he'll be a really good fit. He's a great combination of old school. And you know, he's, got,
2: he's a song and dance man. He's a song and dance man. But the,
1: well, hosting the Oscars is a
0: no win situation. There isn't any. Every year.
2: Tell that to Billy Crystal, you <laughs> son of a bitch.
0: <laughs> but, even, but every year, no matter who hosts it, they're always like, you know, the press is always like, it's the worst year ever. I don't know what fucking happened. It's the really, so no. well, it and, and poor, and poor Seth, and, you know, the, the thing I feel bad for Seth is that he even got slammed a couple times just doing pre stuff. Because they're like, he's not taking it seriously. Like, don't fuck yourself. You know, like, it's it should be funny and funny. And, you know, he. but Seth's going to ride that line because that's Seth. He's going to offend people in some way. And then that's going to be like, a, how could he
2: take this precious gem? Yeah, but then he'll yeah. sing like an old classic song and all the old people go, oh, what a nice boy. The,
0: I, can you imagine, like, you know, I remember seeing Seth
2: at... um We
0: talked about this when Ron Perlman was on, but there was one night I used to go to karaoke all the time, and there was one night at the Brass Monkey where Ron Perlman and Seth were basically having a karaoke, an unofficial karaoke off, because Ron's a big karaoke guy and Seth's a big karaoke guy, and they both like Sinatra. So there was this sort of a weird, so seeing you know knowing, knowing what this means to Seth, getting getting to sing an old timey song at the fucking Academy Awards. Oh yeah, how do you? How do you yeah. go up from there? Uh, I think it's just it's, suicide, right, guys? Just, yeah. <laughs>
3: exactly. I think what it's just sense. it. I mean, yeah. you, just, you walk Come off
0: stage
1: on. and then you hang yourself. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna have a blast, and uh, it'll be really cool for, I think, just a large, you know, a large portion of the country that just really doesn't know him or see him. You know, like my parents who just hate his guts for his show. You know, <laughs> to, to see him <laughs> in this light will be interesting. My my mother's one of the one of the ones who's been trying to get that show off the air for years. Oh wow! Really? Yeah, I formal signed complaints to the FCC to get Family Guy off the air from my mother. <laughs> i she's left tearful messages on my phone. The show. <laughs> oh, she does. She believes my soul's in peril for being on it. It's it's. Uh, do you it's buy
0: in, do you buy into any of that stuff anymore?
1: No, because I can see what you know what uh, this type of satire and humor is all about. But it's it's funny because uh, to be in this position at times just because of my upbringing I do find myself a little bit wrestling with it at times it's the sacrilegious stuff that bothers me really more than I think anything else but but uh, yeah it's been it's been weird to even my dad you know they they both are they're they just uh, not fans
0: are you still it, are you still fairly religious guy
1: uh no I mean we we're we're we're, we're bad Catholics we don't go to church sure. we don't you know but our kids you know are they're they're really good souls, and they're they're spiritual in a, a better way, I think, than we were as we grew up. You yeah, know, it was all didactic and.
0: Well, we had we basically this. had yeah. church or like our uh, the the spirituality we were handed in Catholic school was like, well, it's this or there's really nothing else. It it's all this guilt. or hell. You, yeah. And I think yeah. you know it's I, all just guilt. Trips, and I think I think, I think a lot of you know like a lot of my friends in high school like. Got, got really fascinated by, like, witchcraft books and stuff. Yeah. Like, are just trying to find something. Like, there's got to be something else. I, you know? I remember
2: uh, when I was going to Catholic school and, like, it was just, it was just such a – like, it was, like, all this, like, doom and gloom all the time. And then I talked to my friend who was, like, a Christian kid. who And, like, uh, he was just like – he's like, yeah, I'm in a band. And we play these kind of rock and roll songs. And we go we, – it's like we'll have, like, a short ser- like a service and then we'll all go to the beach. And like I was like, that sounds so much fun. Like, yeah,
3: it just helps us all this
2: togetherness helps us feel closer to God and each other. I was like, what? I have to I have to sit for an hour and a half on a Sunday and cry because yeah. I did something wrong, I think.
1: Oh yeah, every time I'd knock one off, I thought I was gonna go to hell. And I, I, I go I go Still God, worth it. Still God, worth it. I promise I'll never ever do that again. And then to go through that cycle five, six times a day, oh. you know when you're thirteen, <laughs> it's just terrible. It's like it makes you go insane. <laughs> okay, I know
0: okay, okay. 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 This is the last one. Okay.
3: I know what I. Okay. So
0: counting this one. Okay. No. Okay. Tomorrow. So, but the end of this day. And then never uh, again. Dear
2: Father, forgive me for my sins, and can we hurry this up? I got to go do it again.
0: You you turn it on. There's uh, Family Ties is on. Mallory's got a cute top on, and then all of a sudden you're you're begging to God to Mm -hmm,
3: forgive mm -hmm. you. Right, guys. (laughs) Right, guys.
2: She's
0: a. She was the. Yeah. She's the hot sister. Yeah, yeah, she's,
2: yeah, she's good. You know, yeah. She's good. We're not
0: saying she's not. Yeah. All right, fine. It's a teeny others only yeah. episode. I can work with that. Nick, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll
3: make it work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah do whatever. Do whatever. Do
0: Jacqueline Smith. Oh. Yeah. I just read. Okay, this is a. This is off topic, but it's about Bill Murray, who is always somewhere in my heart. Um, I just read that the reason he didn't come back for uh, Charlie's Angels two. Is because allegedly on Charlie's Angels one, there was a weird tension between he and Lucy Liu.
2: I told you that story. You told me the story. Yeah, yeah. Where she was, uh, he was improvising, so she started improv, and, and then, then it just kept on going, and she kept on messing up the scene.
0: Well, the story was that he. The story that I read was that the, the way it was retold, and who knows, you know, what uh, what version of phone book this is. Yeah. But uh, he pointed to he pointed to Drew Barrymore, pointed to Cameron Diaz, and he pointed to Lucy Liu, and in this order said, "I get why you're here." You are talented. I have no idea why you're here. You can't act. And then she, like, went at him. Oh, wow. Like like punch-throwing. And they had yeah. to be separated and complete the movie on these terms. The, the and then,
2: story I heard is that like she kept on trying to improv in a scene, and everyone was just letting her do it because she's one of the producers. And then uh, he's like, "You know what? Just stop. Stop trying to improv." She's like, "Why? Wow, you're doing it, and you do it all the time." He's like, "I'm a comedic genius. You won the lottery."
3: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Which I want to believe. I want to believe that that's the true version. No.
1: It was such a huge, <laughs> really huge bump in the road for Bill that he wasn't in Charlie Angels two.
3: Yeah, yeah. I know. I, I know like, he's
1: got his fingers crossed for Charlie's Charlie's Angels three. I fuller know, throttle. He yeah, wants fuller. to do it. He he's likes the story really on board, <laughs> it. and uh, he'll put anything else aside.
2: Sure. You know, he and Lucy have exchanged some emails. Yeah. <laughs> and Wes <they're> Anderson's <laughs> going to direct Charlie's Angels three. Oh my <laughs>
0: God, that would be amazing. Would how be did cute. they get
1: Bill to do Charlie's Angels one? Is my question.
2: Uh, you know, how they get uh? Crispin Glover to do it so I was like it's like no why? I want to
0: oh my god Crispin if I Glover. were wait go with your Crispin Glover story because I one have to my, process this one of my
1: I, I can't watch him in a whole movie but I mean <laughs> like even in Oliver Stone's you know Doors picture the, the most intriguing you know to the t- two really great minutes of that were, yeah. were Glover's cameo as uh, Andy Warhol. <laughs> then I found myself leaning forward on the edge of my seat. Oh, I love him, everything that he does. A little too much, you know, an entire yeah. film, but I I love when he does small... Um, uh, he was in a David Lynch film, and uh, what was that movie he did? But his cameos are stunning.
2: Yeah, well, he funny. has that... Him and, like, Nick Cage kind of has that same thing, too, where it's like, as an actor, they like like... Uh, and, like, Tiana always talks about this, like they, they were from a scene that, like, made all the decisions. They didn't like make one decision for the character. They just made every decision, and that's why Mm -hmm. their performances are so erratic and weird every time you see him. It's like he, like he, he's. You're right. It gets tiring watching an entire movie like Bartleby, or was the one where he has to go and bury his dead cat. Uh, That's another weird one.
1: Where's the one where he goes? I'm making sandwiches.
0: (laughs) 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 It's like it's sort of like. They're like Tabasco sauce <clears throat> on a scene where it's like if you dump Tabasco sauce on something, it all of a sudden becomes all about Tabasco yeah. sauce, no matter what the rest of the material is. You've seen is.
2: Bad Lieutenant, right? The, the, oh, the Harvey Keitel movie? No, the Nick Cage version, uh, Port of New Orleans. Oh, I did not see Port of New Orleans. you got to see that. It is uh, a true testament to that style of acting where it's like he doesn't seem like the same guy from scene to scene. Mm. It's just a completely different guy every single time. The uh, the uh, Going back to Wes Anderson's
0: Charlie's Angels. <laughs> I can't I fucking I feel committed to trying to figure out how to even make a sketch of that of just like because it'd be like you you take the two you know Charlie's Angels quick cuts Wes Anderson just like one
2: long just one static shot. Well the opening scene would just be like uh, you know like just going over all the different character traits of the different angels you know and like it's like <laughs> in the way they clean their swords and guns and stuff like that and just a very peculiar
0: you know?
2: <laughs> some adorable <laughs> song. song plays. Yeah, <laughs> or some Mark <sighs> Mothers ball thing.
0: That would be incredible. All right, make gonna, it internet. Okay, so two things that we're gonna make based on this are well, no, three things. Number one, uh, Christopher Nolan's Richie. Oh no, we already Dark Knight. Um, uh, Supernatural with Ewan Cranston as a movie, and uh, Wes Anderson's Charlie's Angels. These are the two things that we have to, All to, Star, have to make.
2: Patrick Warburton. <sighs> Are you up for? Are you up for this change? I thought you were in. I am in. I'm just
1: trying to. I'm sca- scheduling in my mind right now. <laughs> <laughs> what, we want to do first. what
0: kind of what? I think I th- I think it's interesting that the that the the Catholic upbringing was so hammered into your head that you still can't help but feel a little, you know. Even and I'm not a religious guy, and and when I say when I hear someone say super, you know, like something super traditionally sacrilegious there is a small molecule of me that for a second goes like, you shouldn't say that. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't really care. Uh, you know. But because it was so hammered as a child. Right.
1: Well, it's weird, you know, because it it becomes a a part of you. But at the same time, I think your perception of things changes a little bit. I mean, I get satire. I get what it is, you know. But weird things pop up. And usually I just try to keep my mouth shut about stuff, you know. But there there was this one instance where I was doing... um, sort of a, uh, a reporter satellite thing on th- the phone. So it was on the phone with like uh, about, you know, like eight or nine different writers. As This is uh, just, um, um, and they're asking questions about uh, Rules, uh, which is a show that this show I've been doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, we are just coming on, we're going to open up the season. And so all the shows were mostly in relation to Rules, but there was an episode of Family Guy that had been on the week before where they had uh, a character as uh, Sarah Palin's uh, Down syndrome kid. hmm and it got some. And it got some heat. And so one of the reporters said, um, "What did you think of the Family Got Sarah Palin kid episode of the Family Guy? Did you think that was offensive?" I go, "I go. Well, I guess I did. You know, because I just didn't think that one scene. I didn't think it was, you know, I didn't think it was, you know, cool. And I probably could have just, you know, taken the fifth. But I said something. I should should know that that was the only thing that would have been important that I said all day because I'm on <sighs> the show and and I said something critical. So." The next thing you know, it's like, uh, it's in the Washington Post. And then I call my post. I go, what's, I go, is this anything that'd be concerned about? Nah, no big deal. Nobody, nobody will give a shit tomorrow. And then the next day, Bill O'Reilly, <laughs> oh, oh, shit. Bill, Bill O'Reilly calls me a patriot. Bill Cosby was the pinhead, and I was the patriot. I was oh. the patriot for going to Sarah Palin's defense.
0: <gasps> oh, no, come on. Yeah,
1: now all of a sudden, because this is just one little blurb. I just said, nah, I just didn't think it was funny. Uh, in a, so then, then I got to write up, now I'm writing like a just as a press release, you know, saying to them and to the Washington Post saying, I didn't I didn't go to Sarah Palin's defense. I go, what I found offensive was the depiction of a specific special needs child who, can't. I go, Sarah Palin is an adult and a politician. She could defend herself and she's subject to satire, but the two, a two-year-old special needs child is not, and cannot, and that goes against the norms of satire, but but I don't want to look like a, f- a hypocrite here because I'm on a show and half the shit I do is offensive. All I'm saying is I thought that one thing wasn't funny and I don't like that.
2: Yeah. That's all. Yeah.
1: That's all. And then it goes back out. Now it's in the Washington Post. Warburton wants nothing to do with O'Reilly's <laughs> head <of the> <laughs> This whole thing, guys, couldn't have gotten stupider.
0: <laughs> From one it off ended comments could and then, not you, have then you get in the press release writing right. business. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. And then, then I go to work, you know, and then so just like, this is back before Seth was the man behind the curtain. This is a few years ago. He was still usually directing most of the episodes. <laughs> hey, Seth, what's so, you know? so he's not there, and he's not there. He's like in another studio in the building, you know. And I got my headphones on, and I don't see him, and then I just hear this. Hello, Benedict Arnold. Uh, <laughs> but he was messing with me.
0: He loves me. Oh, that's good. <laughs> I'm glad you guys were able Great. to work it out. Well, it's nice that you can express your opinion about, and then he doesn't take it personally. Oh,
1: but Seth, like, it's he just. What does he care? He it, to him, it's all. It all helps create. You know, it's all. I think part of the body of it all, and it, it makes it more interesting and intriguing. Anyways, he loves the idea that my mother hates the show. He's wanted to interview her, which I think could be. I can't throw my mom under the bus like that though, because it's not going to look
3: good. And, um, I know it'll just make her look
1: like she's this crazy religious
3: fanatic. Kind of is. Um, but uh,
1: but uh, yeah, yeah, I'm doing I'm doing a pilot for Fox now, or for what Fox? I'm doing a pilot for CBS, which is um, uh, which uh, has a character that's. Or she's a religious fan my mother is a religious fan so she's based on my mother so did you create the show? Uh, so there's some of, some of the ideas are my ideas yeah. oh fun so uh, but uh, you know my mom would always say you know this family would make a great story. would this? <laughs> would make a great TV show. And so I kind of had to go, Mom, remember what you always used to say?
3: Yeah. <laughs> I hope you're ready to executive yeah, I hope you're ready show. Uh, my wacky
1: religious
0: <laughs> fanatic mothers keep that in mind. Based on you. Mom, <laughs> um, um, some people find mirrors to be upsetting. <laughs> <laughs> in yeah. a show form. Yeah. Are you, do you play, so you? do you play a version of yourself or do you play, uh, uh, is it... Is it
1: um, uh, yeah, kind of, well, this guy's more of, you know, he's, uh, he's, uh, like a re- retired pro ball player, but, um, it's not about that at all. It's going to be about his life, his family, his world, you know, okay. and that's what makes, you know, I, I think it'll we'll make a show work, makes it show work ultimately as a good ensemble cast. And so that's what we're, we're focusing on here.
0: I'm glad to hear that. It's, I, it's, it. Any great show has yeah. a fucking awesome ensemble cast, and and so many times that you know, like sitcoms will try to build a show around one person. It's like when you can't do. Does that, that ever have yeah. worked? It's always Seinfeld had you know right. a cast of characters. Cheers, yeah. Night Court. Any great.
1: I worked on shows before, and so I will not name names where I was told by writers, you know unsolicited writers would come and say, I'd love to write for you. We'd love to write for you, but we can't because of so-and-so. And And then I've worked with, you know, uh, Jerry Seinfeld, who would hire, uh, you know, um, Michael Richards, who's an obvious scene stealer. Yeah. Michael Richards just kills every time. I mean, I used to watch... Remember my wife and I used to watch it before I ever got the opportunity to be on that show. And you just you waited for him to to make an appearance because it was just magic. I mean, what he did was unbelievable.
0: He was smart, just like yeah, Jack it, Benny. But so they Jerry, but you knew at the end of the day, you go, Hey, did you watch Seinfeld? Did you watch a Jack Benny show? Like it makes the show better. Right. Yeah. So and it's Jerry's their show. Not,
1: he's not, you know, he's not that non-ego form that he's he's nervous about somebody stealing. You know, he wanted to make the best show he could, and he did. And so I think that's important. You know, it's important to fill those roles with people that you know, actors that that are awesome. You
0: know, Do you, is there anything else you wanted to sort of to plug or throw out there before
2: before we um, wrap it up? Pearl no. Jam, you can talk. You can uh, tell people to buy Pearl Jam albums.
1: <sighs> I don't know. I don't know what to say right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, You're throwing me off. <laughs> I'm sorry. Ten. Nine,
0: eight, seven. Are we there? I've got to pee
1: like a racehorse. So this is good.
0: standing up in all fours.
1: They do it all right. I will. This is almost empty. I'll just use this
0: <laughs> and just make unbreaking eye contact yeah. as you're just slowly the peeing sound. into. Oh, into oh it's getting
1: full. <laughs>
0: <ball>. oh. <laughs> oh, also, I, I I love doing a thrilling adventure hour with you. Like the thrilling, you're yeah, fucking fun. great yeah. on yeah. thrilling yeah. adventure next hour. Weekend.
1: Are you doing it any time soon? Yeah, I'm. I am doing it very soon. As a matter of fact. Yeah, you know what? You're doing it next weekend. Right? It's the first weekend of March. Yeah. First through third. I can't because that is the weekend of my St. Jude Children's Research Hospital <gasps> event in Palm Springs. I'm
0: from Memphis. St. Jude. Memphis. Yes. Huge.
1: Greatest hospital in the world. If anybody, I'm I'm so glad we're talking about this right now. Uh, come out to Palm Springs, whoever can make it. Because on Friday night, Friday night the 1st, we had this jam session with... Alice Cooper, Robbie Krieger, Don Felder, Mike oh. Mills from REM. We got all these wow. guys and they jam, and you, you're literally standing five feet, 10 feet away from them because we just all come. And we've got just a bunch more. And, you know, tickets are like 100 125 bucks for the night. And it's just this awesome jam session. All the money goes to St. Jude.
0: St. Jude's is great. St. Jude's great. is the
1: greatest hospital in the world. You know, they they have a lot of people. Don't know, it, it does, it costs one in a. One point seven million dollars a day for that hospital to operate Jeez. you know, and they make their own medicine there because the pharmaceutical companies and we all know that's cra- it's there's a corruption that lies within and it 's just innate they won 't make they won 't make these medicines because it 's too expensive for them they don 't make enough money childhood catastrophic disease is too rare so they don 't it's not profitable for the big c- companies to make these medicines, so they make their own medicine on site and they have pioneered the the therapies and cures throughout the years you know i mean wow. the mortality rate for leukemia and certain childhood cancers used to be 94 to 96 percent and it's now four percent and it's primarily due to st jude and what they, they've done i mean if they have problems elsewhere in the world like rat, horrible things they go to st jude for answers so can but you can you just donate but, to say you can just donate to st jude but if you want to have a lot of fun come out to this event and and do it and you know uh we got a big uh, dinner and comedy night on Saturday night. Kevin Pollock's going to do the. Oh, great! Oh, awesome. And my buddy Mike Wilson and Rachel Butera are mm-hmm. going to do a show before them. Rachel, you know from the Stern Show. Yeah. Just, so Mike and Rachel are literally going to go in a fifteen to twenty minute period the history of TV and film, doing characters from everything in, in a progressive world. Like uh, that sounds fun. Uh, it's it's going to be awesome. <laughs>
2: yeah. That's awesome. Well, uh, and a guy from REM playing with Alice Cooper. That's just I yeah. mean, I mean that, I mean that, 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 that too. That's like one of you. This is seen- his first. Yeah,
1: because he's a golfer, so he's going to play, but he hasn't been doing this stuff before. So this is just... his advent into uh, you know, doing the like uh, celebrity golf tournament rock jam session. That's kind of fun. Stuff. He's going to just come out and play with us, yeah.
0: It was so nice to have you on the program, Patrick Warburton. I hope we get to do something else fun together at some point. Uh,
1: well, let's do this next week. I'll be
0: back. Every week? <laughs> yeah, if you're doing every recording here. anyway, you might as well just fucking come across the street and tell That's us. That's right. Give, give us some family. we we'll talk guy. about
1: stamps and coins. and <laughs> We'll
0: talk about stamps, coins, Pearl Jam. You can give us some Family Guy spoilers. There you go. And uh, And give us mom updates. Sweet. All right, Patrick Robertson. Thank you for being here. Um, will you? I feel like we tell people to enjoy. We tell people at the end of the episode we say enjoy your burrito. I feel like it'll sound a lot better coming from you because you have a better voice than I do.
1: I, no, no, it's different. It's
0: better, different, better. Different. Enjoy better. your burrito.
2: <laughs> Fucking see? No question, that's better. That's it's different because mine's that, inferior. That tickle your ears in there in those yeah. cans?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It tickled my ear cans.
3: My burrito, now leaving nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito.
0: This episode of the Nerdist Podcast is brought to you by Squarespace.com, now with commerce solutions, so you can start selling stuff on your high-quality website or blog for a free trial and 10% off your first purchase on new accounts. Go to Squarespace.com slash nerdist and use the offer code Nerdist3.
3: Welcome to Pura, the most pristine, safe, climate stable city